Welcome into another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera, as we go through the game scheduled for September 28th. Joe, uh, a huge Forsyth County and Guilford County matchup is waiting for us on Friday. But before we dive into that, we do need to discuss the NCHS AA's ruling that the football championships will be pushed back one week to accommodate the schedule after Hurricane Florence. Yeah, a lot of teams in the eastern part of the state are, are scrambling to get games, and there are a few that already have games scheduled where they go Friday, Tuesday, Friday, which to, to me is unsafe. I mean, I, I even, you know, I know they're trying to get games, and I know money and, and your football gate pays a lot of your expenses for the other sports, but. Uh, that would scare me if I were a coach, if I were a player, if I were a parent trying to do that. I think a few of those they may need to look at if they don't already have a makeup game set for what is now the last week of the regular season, November 9th. They need to do that because that, that's that's risky. But I also understand you know, trying to get the games in for your kids who want to play, needing the money for your program and all the other factors involved. But Hard times for the for the people down east. I mean, that that's that's the the main thing is wanting people there to get the help that they need and get back on their feet as quickly as we can. Uh, you know, the, that extra week now, uh, you have teams here that haven't missed games. So you have, none of our teams. Have you, games, you have right? yeah. you have a week off of potential playoff teams. Is this something where you see maybe the, the teams from 4A and the teams from, let's say, 3A and 2A try and do joint practices that they're still seeing other competition during that week, even if it's an off-the-books kind of practice? It would have to be off-the-books. You're not At that point, you're not allowed to practice with anybody, but I think it, it's one of those things where it certainly wouldn't hurt anybody. You know, you're going to do, if you're, if you're in the playoffs or you know you're going to be in, you're going to do a lot of self-scouting that week. You're going to go over a lot of things. You're going to... You you might you might put something else in. You might try try something a little bit different that you wouldn't in a short week going from the end of the regular season to the playoffs. And what can be even trickier is any of the teams around here who are in one A or four A who then get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. It's not looking like we're going to have anybody in Guilford County this year. Um, Page at one point certainly looked like a possibility in four A, but the three. Games that they're expected to forfeit. Still no official ruling. For I was going to say, as of as of now, they could very well still be uh, a, a bye week team until that ruling comes down. Right, right. We, we're listing their record as two and four right now, even though uh, on the field uh, that is not their record. They they are uh, uh, five and one on the field. But that ruling is expected this week. Last week and early this week, the NCHSAA had regional meetings already scheduled last week that they do, although. They postponed a couple of those because of the weather and all of the, the hang-ups and rescheduling and everything because of Hurricane Florence. I think that factored in. I expect a ruling this week, but who knows? They don't they don't have to make a ruling until later in the season if they don't want to, but Page self-reported them, and if you go on Max Preps this week, Page has already adjusted its record to reflect those as forfeits. So they're they're not they're not appealing and they're not expecting anything to change there. But you know, somehow that that were not to those were not to be ruled forfeits, then you're then Page is in a position where they might have a first round buy, but teams that have a first round buy and then have that week off, you know, you're off for two weeks. That that's that's different. We had it in 2016 for a few teams. We had the potential with a couple of teams who were in odd number team conferences where they had the last week of the regular season off, then had an off week, then they could have had a buy, but it didn't work out that way. So I, I don't think we've got any problems there this year. But it it's going to affect everything. And once your football season gets pushed back. 
it's going to affect all of your winter sports, but especially basketball and wrestling. Well, let's dive into some of these games. And the first game we want to lead off with is East Forsyth at number four page. This East Forsyth team that's coming across the Forsyth County line into Guilford County is probably the best team in the region. Yeah, uh, they're averaging 265 yards on the ground, and uh, they've had a number of games that went running clocks. So if you played out a full game, that's over 300 yards. I'm sure. Uh, They're very strong. They're very physical. They've got some speed. Uh, Page, to me, has to make them throw the ball a little bit. They're going to have to hit them with some negative plays early in the game with Page's front seven getting penetration and maybe force them to throw a little bit. That gives them a better shot in that game. If East Forsyth can run the ball against Page successfully, they're going to eat clock. They're going to wear down a very good Page defense that's not terribly deep but is really good. That that's a really tough matchup for Page. Uh, and the bottom line is that East Forsyth defensive front is nasty, and they are going to be dialing up pressure all night yep. long. And that Page offensive line is going to have its hands full. Uh, to this point, the Page O line has not shown us that they can pick up a, a five or six man blitz. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a challenge. Page Page has to be able to run the ball at least a little bit. Uh, whether that's uh, off tackle or jet sweep action or, or misdirection stuff, they have not be able, been able to run the ball between the tackles pretty much at all, and that, that's going to have to change if they're going to have a chance against a, a very good East Forsyth team. This is the week when the five 4A teams from Forsyth County are playing the five 4As from Guilford County. Uh, when realignment came, it uh, it created a five-team conference over here, which is awkward for scheduling. The Forsyth County Schools, when Stan Elrod was the AD over there, they stepped up and said, hey, we'll play we'll play you guys that week. We'll take care of your scheduling issue. It'll be great games for both both sides, and it is. We've got some really good matchups. Some really good matchups and some really good gates for yep. these schools to work with. Definitely. I mean, this is an easy road trip for everybody involved, so mm-hmm. uh, it really was a, a tremendous effort of cooperation between the two school districts uh, here in the region. Uh, let's move on to number six, Southwest Guilford, at number five, Dudley. This is a game that uh, is going to determine major, major playoff seeding implications uh, in this conference. Uh, this is one of those rivalries that it was reignited after uh, after realignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two teams have a lot of. of I don't want to say bad blood, but uh, there are these memories from Dudley where they're still pretty annoyed about that game that they went to the ranch and lost. Uh, probably a game that they shouldn't have. Yeah, last year turnovers uh, killed Dudley in that team uh, in that game. A lot of injuries also. This year's Dudley team still battling injuries. Not quite as bad as last year in terms of numbers, but in terms of significance, in terms of the players who've gotten hurt. James Conyers, one of their leaders on the offensive line, out with a broken leg for the rest of the year. Geronte Davis hasn't played since the opener. They're hoping maybe this week or next week they get him back. He's a linebacker who just makes plays all over the field. Mike Wyman, one of their wide receivers, their deep threat, has been uh, battling a, uh, an ankle sprain hasn't played since the opener. They figure that that he might be a hundred percent this week. You know that those are all things injuries that have hampered this Dudley team. But the biggest thing has been their quarterback play. They've really struggled at quarterback, and you know not calling any any players out, but they just haven't made plays. And I, the, the quarterbacks themselves would admit it. They've been pretty much just a running team because they haven't been able to throw the ball downfield and. 
It looks like they may try something different again at the position on Friday night. Uh, Taiwan Young, their leading receiver with Mike Wyman out, it, who has played quarterback before Taiwan Young. He's going to be the quarterback, it, look, it looks like, on Friday night. And that's, that's Dudley looking for a spark, looking for something to get that offense going. The defense is certainly good enough to take them deep into the playoffs. The running game is pretty solid, but they've got to be able to throw the ball better. They've got to make better reads as quarterbacks. And Southwest Guilford is another team. Very, very strong defensively. Coming off of a 19-6 loss at home to Parkland, their offense really, really struggled in that game. And, you know, I don't. we both, I think, think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. If either team can get some, some big plays on offense, especially from the quarterback, sophomore Devin Flowers for Southwest, it looks like Taiwan Young Sr., uh, who had been a wide receiver for Dudley, that team would have a much better chance to win this game, whichever one could get some plays. Uh, the next game features two undefeated ball clubs and uh, a big-time quarterback prospect, Charlotte Christian, making the trip up to the three-three-six to take on High Point Christian. Uh, this is the private school league, and over the years, uh, there there have been there's been this stigma around the private school mm-hmm. league that maybe these teams aren't as good and won't compete with some of the public school teams around here. This game. Not the case. These two teams can and usually do compete with whoever is on their schedule, at least in the last few years. And right now, they're going to take on each other in what is usually a bloodbath between the two. Yeah, Charlotte Christian coming in. Max Preps has them as the number one team in the state. All classifications, private or public right now. They're the only team in the last uh, two years to beat Charlotte Catholic. They beat them 6-0 in their opener this year. So you know they can play defense if you can hold that, that wing tee attack from Charlotte Catholic without any points. And they have a quarterback, Garrett Schrader, who is uh, committed to Mississippi State. He's a big-time prospect. You know they, They've got plenty of talent, and High Point Christian has just every year now, Scott Bell's got that program rolling. You know The names may change. But they've got some big-time players on both lines. Uh, we had a HS Extra interview last week with Paul Game, one of their offensive linemen. Uh, R.J. Evans is, a, is a, a big-time lineman. They've got linebacker play. Depth is the issue, and they're a little bit banged up in their secondary this week. That that could be an issue. But both of these teams can compete with the public schools. And you know, you talk about that stigma. Look, look around the college football ranks and look at a couple, a few guys from Davidson Day, quarterbacks. Will Greer, who's at West Virginia and is one of the contenders for the Heisman Trophy. Sam Hartman now, who's at Wake Forest. Kate Carney, who's at Wake Forest, all out of that Davidson Day program. Davidson Day actually doesn't play football anymore. They dropped it, but you know... Public schools and private schools, some of the private schools can compete, and these are two that definitely can. They certainly can. And our last game uh, is one that I don't know if you and I thought at the beginning of the season we would even be featuring it right now as part of our podcast. Northeast Guilford and Northern Guilford, uh, two teams with winning records. Uh, This is another big-time game for playoff seeding, and Northeast Guilford and Earl Bates just do what they do. Earl Bates continues to be the guy who sneaks up from behind you and uh, continues to rise programs from the ashes. Yeah, took a, took a Moorhead team to the third round of the playoffs when they hadn't been there in years. Uh, won at Havelock that year on the road. Uh, ended up, I believe, losing a Rocky Mount in the playoffs. A Rocky Mount team that I think won a state title. I mean, then he goes to Southern Guilford for a year, takes Southern Guilford to the third round of the playoffs, then moves on to Northeast and had a rebuilding job that was... <clears throat> 
already in progress there last year. Jason Lippert had kind of gotten things moving in the right direction, and he took over, got him into the playoffs again, and you know they beat uh, Eastern Alamance last week, who is one of the teams that if you want to win the Mid-State 3A, you've got to go through the two Alamance schools. Eastern and Western are both there. Northern, 4-1, and one, we're, we're putting them down as because of a forfeit win over Page. You know, one of these teams is going to be in the hunt for the conference championship after Friday night, and if it's Northeast, if they win that game, they'll already have wins over Northern and Eastern Alamance, and they're going to be in good shape with pretty much just Western Alamance really to take care of. Northern, you know, a rough start, you know, with that Page game. They, they, they were beaten handily at home by Page and didn't play well at Statesville, and their season is right back on track. I mean, credit to them for not, not getting down on themselves after that Page game and, you know, realizing there's still a lot to play for, and that conference is wide open these days. Uh, it certainly is. Well, Joe, uh, we mentioned that this is the week that the Forsyth County Schools and the Gilbert County Schools will line up against each other in 4A. So quickly, uh, let's just go through the rest of those games uh, in that matchup and just kind of talk about our predictions for how this is going to roll out. Nothing too major on any of these games. Right. But I figure quickly, let's just go yeah, through them and, uh, and see how uh, the uh, the points will line up for, uh, for the uh, – uh, what could have been the county line clash? Yes. Uh, uh, High Point Central and Reagan uh, last year. Uh, Reagan w- was able to surprise some people and, and picked up this win. This year, Reagan a much improved ball club. I, I've got Reagan taking down High Point Central. Yeah, I think High Point Central can score some points. That that that's been one thing that they have been able to do consistently this year. But a Reagan defense that went to Marion Kirby Stadium and held Page to seven points uh, that says a lot about. The speed that they have over there, the length that they have on their defense, that, that, that's a good group, and they're rolling right now. They certainly are. Uh, Northwest Guilford visits West Forsyth. They're going over to the Village. Uh, Adrian Snow's ball club down this year. Quarterback play has been a problem. Uh, however, Northwest Guilford uh, has surprised some people. Uh, this could be a game that maybe Northwest Guilford catches West Forsyth sleeping a little bit. I took West Forsyth. However, uh, Northwest has pulled off some games that we didn't think they could. Yeah, I picked West Forsyth in this one too. And if it had been, if this game was at Northwest, I think I would have gone with Northwest. I think the home field will make a difference. But Northwest Guilford really gave Reedsville a bit of a scare last Friday night, mainly because of Northwest defense. Ended up a 28 14 game, was 21 14, and Northwest had the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Northwest defense really made it difficult for Reedsville to run the ball. And with West Forsyth having a little bit of trouble with the quarterback play, they're going to be looking to run. This Northwest Guilford team has has really stepped up as the season has gone on. I, I think we, when they were three and zero, we were we were a little bit suspicious, and you know they've lost three in a row, but they have not been. Other than the Southwest Guilford game, they've not really been dominated in those games, and their defense is just playing really well. Uh, Reynolds and Grimsley. So these are the, the two. Anchor high schools uh, of both counties. These are the two schools everybody thinks about uh, when you think of Forsyth County and Guilford County. Uh, two teams that uh, are still trying to rebuild their programs. Uh, you and I differ on this game. I'm staying with the home team and going with Guilford County. You are, are taking uh, Forsyth County in, in a tight one. Yeah, I, w- me with Grimsley, it's kind of they're, they're in a they still have to prove it uh, phase. Uh, they need to win a tight ball game. I think once that program does, I think those kids will start believing. I think the pieces are starting to be there, and 
It's just a matter of they need a win. If this is the win, I could see them winning a couple of games in the Metro 4A and, and making things interesting. But until they do that, I'm just not ready to, to jump on that bandwagon yet. Uh, and the last one we want to talk about is Glenn at number eight, Ragsdale. Two teams with winning records. Two teams that sometimes get overlooked because they're on the outskirts of their respective counties. Uh, Two programs, though, that the last few years have really done a nice job. Yeah, I mean, I, I even forget sometimes that Ragsdale went into their game at Page at the end of last season with a chance to win a Metro 4A if they'd won that game. Now, they didn't match up well with Page. They, they were they were handled pretty pretty easily in that game. They didn't match up well with Dudley this year. That, that was a decisive loss for them. But that's a pretty good Ragsdale team. Johnny Boykin stepped in when Tommy Norwood went down to South Carolina, and I hope Hope things are, are going okay for Tommy and his program down there at St. James, where they obviously were affected by the hurricane. But uh, Johnny Boykin's done a solid job. His son Devin is a great athlete for that team. They've got a number of other guys. Trey Good, who's going to Charlotte, a number of other talented athletes on that team. That's a good ball club. That's going to be a good game. Uh, it certainly is. Well, Joe, uh, another week down, another week closer to uh, the state championship run. It's going to be interesting as we start to get into conference play at a, at a heavier rate, uh, how some of these races start to shake out. Yeah, this is, this is the time when we start to see what's going to happen and some schools that maybe didn't have a great non-conference, it's still all out there to play for in the conference. Uh, and we should make note that two of our schools that do have winning records not playing this week, they are on a uh, an open week, and that is Southeast Guilford and Bishop McGinnis. Bishop McGinnis, a ball club that has really surprised some people. Won four in a row for the first time, I believe, since 2012. It's going to get a little tougher when they come back. they got an East Surrey team that gave, gave Ragsdale a really good game last week, and they still have to play Mount Airy, but... Six and five, seven and four, and a playoff berth are definitely well within reach for Bishop. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Turkin35 and at Joe Serrera NR. And you can go ahead and follow JP Mundy and Joe Serrera Friday night. JP Mundy will be out at the East Forsyth Page game, and Joe will be over at Tarpley Stadium for Southwest Guilford and Dudley. This has been another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. Talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>